Well, hey, hey, everybody, you're listening to Real Relationship Talk, and I am your host, Dana Shea. Thanks so much for being here today. We are continuing in our single AF series. And so throughout this series, you guys, I have been bringing to you single men and single women who are sharing their perspective on the single life. You have found yourself on episode 36, and we are going to be having a conversation about how guys think. If you're a single woman, you have certainly asked yourself, and you probably your neighbor, your best friend, your mother, your aunt, and every other human being, what goes on in the mind of a guy? Maybe you've asked your brother or your male friend. And so what I wanted to do is I wanted to bring out a man himself. That's right. I met Avery Martin, who is our guest for today, in a clubhouse room. Now, if you're not familiar with Clubhouse, I'm going to talk about it a little bit in the episode, so I won't go into all the details of what Clubhouse is. But Avery and I were actually on Clubhouse, and I was listening to him share his perspective on being a single man. And I just really appreciate a lot of the knowledge and the wisdom that he was dropping. And so I thought, let me invite him to come out on the podcast so that he can share with you amazing people what he feels like men are thinking. Now, Avery and I are going to talk about some things like why don't men share their feelings? What does equality in relationships look like to a guy? And how would a woman know if a guy is really interested in her? So I think that you're going to find lots and lots of value out of today's episode. Can't wait for you guys to hear it. But before we jump into it, I just want to remind you that this week, today, is actually the last promo that we'll be doing for the Boundaries for Women workshop. We are going to join together this Friday, depending on when you're listening to this episode, of course. But on Friday, April 23rd, at 7 p.m. Eastern, we are going to have a conversation all about healthy boundaries. That word boundaries scares some people off. For what reason? I don't know. Probably because people think boundaries are somehow going to um, mess up their relationships, or maybe they're going to come across as being unapproachable or what have you. But this is why we're doing this workshop, because we want to demystify what boundaries are all about. And so I'm super excited about it. Be sure if you're not already registered that you head on over to danashay.com forward slash workshops. I would love to see you there. Well, without any further ado, let's go ahead and jump on into our conversation with Avery Martin. excited about this conversation. Well, Clubhouse is, it's almost like a podcast. You know, it's its audio. For those of y'all who don't know what Clubhouse is, Clubhouse is an audio social media app. And so it allows people to get in these rooms or club rooms is what they call them. Um, and it allows people to just have conversations. So one night I was in a room called But God, and it was a call for single men. And so I was like, okay, obviously you guys know I'm in the middle of this single AF series. And so I was like, I need to find out what the brothers are talking about. And so I pop in the room and would you agree there was probably 90% women in the room? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like why do you think women are so hungry for information? Like why do you think there were so many women in that room? I find is is uh it's either they haven't been uh, a lot of men been around a lot of men that vocalize thoughts and processes and things like that. Um, and then also just with the heightened level of uh, singleness when it comes to, to age where, you know, before 
people getting married, you know, right out of high school or, you know, then it went right out of college. And then you're starting to see a whole wave of generation of like people actually first relationship being 30 or, you know, actually getting married by 35. And so there's like a, a, a question like, yo, what are y'all thinking? What's going on? Because it's not it's not as much conversation as what as it once was. Yeah. And I think it's because people aren't really taking the time to develop those friendships like we used to. It's just kind of like you go from zero to relationship overnight. And I think that that's really hurting a lot of women. So let me ask you, what is what is a way that a woman can help a man to open up and share his feelings? Because there's like this whole kind of thought that like men don't have feelings. We know y'all have feelings, but y'all don't talk about your feelings. And so we're like, what is the deal? Like how if you're in a relationship with a woman, what could she do to help you to be able to open up and share what's really on your heart? So the the biggest answer to this is uh, be in a safe space. So if as a man, you want to know something about me and I, and I let you in, don't invalidate what I just told you. Mm. Don't just off top be like, oh, you shouldn't feel like that. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just like, there's a process to this. I'm telling you how I feel. And as the guy, this sounds like, I know I'm not supposed to feel like this, but I don't really get the chance to talk about my emotions. So let me feel like this for like the next three minutes. And then I'm going to not feel like that. Or I'm going to just be like, all right, it's ready to move on. But I think the the big thing is having it be in a safe space where when you communicate, there's not an immediate invalidation because it's like, oh, you're supposed to be a man type thing. Because the moment mm-hmm. that happens, oh, we're good. I don't need to ever. Ha- I don't. I don't ever have to have a conversation about my emotions again. I'm cool. You shut down. It's yeah. easy. Yeah. So, Thanks, Avery. So, what is the fear? So, if you if you're not really opening up to your girlfriend, right? You don't feel like I can really. Maybe you haven't reached that point of trust, or maybe you haven't reached that point where you feel like she's a safe space. Like, what is the fear behind that? Is it that because I'm as a one from a woman's perspective, I might think, okay, maybe he doesn't want to open up because he doesn't want to feel like she's going to look at him in a, in a different kind of way. You know, maybe he doesn't want to be disrespected or whatever it is. So, like, what would you say is the fear behind not opening up? Is it just that you don't have a lot of practice? Is it the culture hasn't really allowed men to be very upfront or is it something else? So I know part of it is for me uh, growing up especially being the typically the only guy in a the house, there's a mindset of strength. And so something goes wrong and I see women around me cry, throw some type of way. There's times where I have to make a split decision and that split decision may be, that split decision at times have been like, all right, I'm going to make sure that person's safe. Or, all right, I want to make sure that this is dealt with so they don't have to go into some deep hole of depression or something like that. Um, but then when that happens, I forget. I know I've done this in the past. I forgot to make a safe uh, a space for myself to be like, you know what, Avery, how do you feel about this? It's like, uh, uh, you know, straight caveman. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, and so if you can't even the, the big thing is, is men have to learn how to make a safe space for themselves to process emotions in the first place. I I actually learned this more recently because I had a group of men that we were hanging out. We were like brothers um, and we created that safe space. So it required us to individually think about um, our emotions. And then we always challenge each other to effectively communicate. 
And, and, and that even includes learning new words. Mm. Like, oh, I'm college graduating, you know, multiple friends with master degrees and, you know, good jobs. But it's like, oh, we, we, we have some missing adjectives because I can't say I'm angry at you right now. Mm-hmm. I'm not angry. I'm frustrated. I'm disappointed. I'm exacerbated. Like those type of just different words, like you amplified or different words. And so it required effective communication. It required us to learn new words. Um, it required a lot of introspection. And if you've never been allowed to do that for yourself, it's going to be very difficult. Yeah. Yeah. So that's something that I know I've experienced. That's good. I mean, I think you hit the nail right on the head that if men don't know how to first open up to themselves or in a small group of like like-minded, you know, other men, they're not going to be able to open up to a woman. So yeah, thanks for pointing that out. On last week's podcast, I had a conversation with Mandy Hale, who's a New York Times bestselling author. She wrote a book called Don't Believe the Swipe. And one of the things that we talked about in that episode was this whole intimidation factor. And she, Mandy is in her early 40s and she's never been married. And one of the things that she says is that a lot of guys have said like, you're intimidating. And now she's on a little bit of a different category. Like I had to tell her, I was like, Mandy, you have a half a million Twitter followers. You know, she's got this huge public presence. So as a woman, I could understand a woman being intimidated by her. But let's just take her her and her type, if you will, out of the picture. Just your normal, everyday woman. Like what intimidates you about a woman? (laughs) I don't get intimidated, personally, when you're around not just women at the workplace. You're around women in politics with power and women that make money. And you realize at the end of the day, they're all still women. It's not a human's a human, no matter how much money or power that they have. And so there's really no reason for me to be intimidated off of that. Now, sometimes when somebody says, oh, that's, they're intimidating, more than likely, they're probably saying that person's very off-putting. That their presence is not invitive. So it's really no reason for me to even approach because it's like, I just think that if I even come into your vicinity, you're going to want to attack. So I got my defenses up. I find that some women is not even that they're intimidating as much as they're very off putting. Um, And they don't have any type of um, any level of nurturing and any level of grace that can come from them. You're like, well, if she's going to be like that, I can just go talk to somebody else. It's not that difficult. Okay, good. I'm I'm glad that you added a little bit of clarity to that because my question was going to be, what do women do that seem off-putting? So if a woman is, um, is it like she's acting stuck up or like you just said, you know, there's no grace and there's no nurture, but how would you know that if you just came into a woman's space? Like, is it just a vibe that you get? Is it just a feeling that you get? That's part of it. Uh, part of it is whether it's, it's talked about often enough or not. But, you know, men, we discern things very quickly, even if we don't always say something. It could be the relationship that you see that she has with other women. Mm. It could be how you how she may interact with a simple question. You know, you can ask a simple question. You get a little attitude like, OK, um, it could be it could be the stuck upness. It could be like uh, uh, you, you feel or you see the inflated ego. Because, you know, you can see that with anybody. And then, I mean, now if you're talking about like, you can see it inside of a church where you got some woman that's on some ministries and you're like, you're supposed to be hospitality or you're working with the kids. But I know that I would never trust a child with you. (laughs) 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 You know, you know. So, yeah, you know, you just kind of pick up like a lot of different things over time. You kind of like, all right, 
I'm good. I got you. you. Okay, I got you. Ladies, I have just the workshop for you. You guys, so many of you have struggled with making boundaries. Some of you right now know that you need to create boundaries in your life, but you don't know how. Many of you might wonder, am I selfish? Do I really have the right to tell this person no? Maybe it's an employer. Maybe it's a spouse. Listen, I am doing a boundaries workshop on Friday, April 23rd from 7 to 9 p.m. This is one workshop you are not going to want to miss. Your relationship cannot afford for you to miss this workshop. We are going to come together as a group of women. We are going to talk about what it means to create boundaries, what it means to say no without feeling guilty, how to have confidence and actually asserting yourself and doing it in a way that you won't come across as mm, itchy with a B. Okay. And so ladies, you are going to want to come on Friday, April 23rd, 7 to 9 p.m. Register today at danashay.com forward slash workshops. Can't wait to see you there. Now let's get back to our show. Well, let's talk a little bit about what equality and relationships looks like. I mean, obviously, I think this has wildly changed, right, in the last like 50, 60 years where most women um, were, even if they worked outside the home, it wasn't as much pressure. And I'm talking about a two-parent household, husband, Mm -hmm. wife, mother, father, wasn't as much pressure on women to provide. And I feel like now there is pressure for women to provide, not just from their husbands or not just from, um, you know, society, but even from themselves. And I think single women, especially, we've got like some amazing, extraordinary single women who are out here, like grinding, hustling, business owners, you know. And so how does that factor when you come into a relationship what does equality in a relationship look like? Everything is 50-50. Now, I'm not talking about like you're splitting bills because if you're single, you're probably not doing that. If you're saved and sanctified, um, hopefully you're not like living together and doing all that. I mean, dating-wise, honestly, is probably going to be more about effort than anything. It's going to be a, a thing of, even if it's a thing where I'm like, yo, I'll pay for all the dates, I don't care. Um, if there's no effort, so if it's like, why am I always the one reaching out? Why am I mm-hmm. always the one to want to have a conversation? Well, I'm not getting anything in return. So, all right, bye. Now, if it's a situation where you're talking about financially, um, the big thing is whatever you have, are you a good steward of? Because good stewardship is doesn't matter who you are. Just are you a good steward um, and character? But yeah, I mean, in in a dating space, it's just more of like effort. Mm-hmm. You- Let me ask a follow up question to that, Avery. So when you said that, like men or you, let's let's put it in perspective. So in your opinion, you don't want to be the one like making all the phone calls, like initiating everything. Where is the balance in that for you? Like, do you? I think some women feel like in the dating space, they're not really supposed to do a lot of initiation because most women want to be pursued. Is it true that guys want to be pursued too? And if so, how do you determine how much is too much? Like, is there a point where a woman can be too forward? Like she can be doing the most and you're like, okay, I need you to kind of pull back a little bit. Like, how does that look like? And how would a woman know how to balance that? Yeah. I mean, you know what, for men is, is for me is less of, oh, I know I'm being pursued as much as it's like, I know you want me to pursue you type thing. Okay. Like, I know you're open to me. You're open to my conversation. You're open to my speech. You're open to my presence. So 
cool, I can keep on pursuing you. That's really the big thing, the openness of it. Uh, and then there is a space where, you know, women do too much. It's the, the, the I guess, you feel like a level of anxiousness of like in, in a strong cleanliness. Mm. How, how do you define where you are in a relationship. Like I, I know women are listening to this right now being like, I've been in relationships before and it's like, what are we doing? You know, are we friends? Are we in a relationship? Like, I mean, back in the day when we were in elementary school, right? You were writing a little note to the girl. Do you like me? You know, check yes, check no. Do you want to be my girlfriend? Like pe- do people still ask, like, do you want to be my girlfriend? Like I, I, y'all, I have been out of the single date, like dating game for so long. I don't know what's going on out here. So like, if you are in a relationship with a woman, how do you you let her know we are no longer platonic we have we have crossed over the waters and it's just we're exclusive now like is that something that you say or is it just something that she should feel or vice versa if a woman were to ask you hey are we platonic, are we uh exclusive is that a turnoff for you so on that note um so yeah i mean the definitions have definitely been convoluted they the you got hookup culture um, situationships, you got right. everything in between. They people are out here like, oh yeah, let's do our friend dates, and I love to kiss afterwards. And I'm like, what? What are y'all tripping? So, <laughs> and I, I have had homegirls ask me questions. I'm like, look, ultimately, when it comes down to it, if a man really wants you, you will know. He will tell you if he really wants you. Now, if he's indecisive, if he doesn't know, if he's pondering, if there's other options you're going to like not really be in the know. It's going to be a lot of ambiguity. But if a man is serious about like, yo, I want that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Her forget everybody else. Everybody else going to know, forget everybody else. And she going to know, forget everybody else. Um, and so that question wouldn't even have to be asked, honestly, because a man would be like, look, like, so look, I'm feeling this, you know, and it will be that leading aspect. Um, now, granted, there's been, I know amongst what I've heard some, some videos or, or some people that I know listen to, it's like, you know, don't get in a relationship unless a woman asks to be a girl type thing. I'm like, what? That kind of spits in the face of the fact that a man's supposed to leave. So mm-hmm. nah, like I'm, for me, I'm, I'm going to leave. So if she's once, if I'm really interested, she's going to know I'm really interested. I'm not going to lead anybody on and just be like, look, yeah, you know, I know we got a good thing. Let's not let's not mess that up. Like, no, um, especially in this phase that I'm in. Um, and honestly, you know, ain't gonna lie, you know, being celibate, kind of, you know, just kind of trying to do it the right way. Mm-hmm. Can't just be out here like, oh yeah, we got a good thing going. Like, nah, I see you. I see these things. I see the great person you are. How you fit in the vision. I see us going and moving together in succinct. Hey yo, let's make this. In my head, I, I always quote Jagged Edge because, you know, I'm a 90s baby. So, it's like, you know, we ain't getting no younger. So, we have to do it. You know, let's just get done. You know, let's stop playing games. I'm looking for a life partner. I'm, I'm, let's get married. You know, so. But that's that's one thing. I know I've had some friends ask me, and I told them, I said, if a man likes you, you will know because he will say something. Um, and that's one thing. You know, you he'll make a declaration. And if he hasn't made a declaration, because he hasn't made a declaration. I got you. I think that is going to help so many women because I know that there's like question marks. I hear it all the time. What are we doing? The whole situation ship, you know, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we doing? So you're saying like, if a man wants you, 
you'll know it. He'll make he'll make his request or his desires known to you. Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. So you brought up the C word. I wasn't going to go there, but we are going to go there. So, you know, as I was saying to you guys before we started recording, there's all kinds of people who listen to this podcast. They are Christians. They are Christian friendly, as I like to call them. So people who might not identify as Christian, but they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. You know, people write me all the time and say, I'm not a Christian, but I appreciate, you know, what you're doing or what you're talking about. So the the thing about celibacy, though, is... I don't think anymore it's just a thing with Christians and non-Christians. As a matter of fact, um, I was reading through Cosmo magazine, which I have no idea why they started sending me this magazine, y'all. But anyway, I started getting Cosmo magazine. I did not subscribe for it, but on the cover, we saw the podcast. That's what. That's, there it is. <laughs> there you go. Right? Um, and so, on the cover of Cosmo, it was saying that the new wave of sex, the new sexual revolution, is going to be committed relationships only. And so, I kind of like scanned through it because I was like, "Oh, that's interesting." Here's an absolutely non-Christian magazine, right? And they're basically saying, "Gone are the hookup days," and it actually said the hookup culture is is fading away. And mm-hmm. so, people are looking for commitment again. They're not, you know, they're they're done with kind of. I met this guy at the club, and I hooked up with him, and all of that, but. But I said all that in the context of not every person who calls himself a Christian is living a celibate life if they're single. There's all an array of different types, right? So Avery, you are living a celibate life right now. Mm-hmm. How important is it to you that a woman that you're dating is also celibate? And give us some like secrets on how you are able to maintain that. Um. So... For me, celibacy is key. I'm not saying you got to be like a virgin, but, you know, celibacy is key for me. Um, self-preservation, because that's that's one thing that I'm on. Um, delayed gratification. Can you deal with that? You mm. know, um, because the big thing for me is just having a clear mind. One thing that I've been on is I've been working with a trainer for seven months that has helped a brother out. You know what I mean? Just I realized I said, you know, what? I got a lot more pimped up energy than I thought. <laughs> <laughs> let's ramp it up a little bit. Let's jump you on know. this elliptical. Yeah. 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 Like, let's put a sledgehammer at in the tire workout. Let's yeah, let's yeah. let's do all the, the, the crazy leg days and all of that, you know. And I, I have some friends that's like I I talked to them like, man, how do you survive? You've been celibate for however long. They're like, Well, you know, you know I work out every day. I'm like, Yeah, but how do you you know I work out every day? I like, oh yeah, you oh. know what? <laughs> You work out every day. I'm trying to work out every day. I understand my brother. Um, and then the other thing, specifically what helps for men, um, and this is the kind of conversation I've been having, is been if you can abstain and then focus on developing something, it will help you stay focused. So the development of that helps you stay focused on um, being celibate, but then also the celibacy allows you to stay focused on that specific task in developing of a vision or a goal or whatever the case may be. Um, because it just, it keeps your mind clear. Mm-hmm. You don't have to worry about the attachments of dealing with different people or like, yeah, you know, I just, I don't know what it is. I just not, I just need to do something. I just need to, you know, and those moments again, for me, those moments still come up, but I have a good support group that I can call like, yo, bro, I'm feeling some type of way right now, <laughs> but all right, man, you know what? Hey, why don't you pray and um go work on that farm idea? I'm like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, that's really, it's also really encouraging to have a group of brothers that are on that same road. 
Yeah. You know, as I know, I had a conversation, this was years ago with my coworker and she made a comment and I said, you know why I don't engage like that when it comes to this particular behavior? She's like, why? I said, because I have a group of guys that I run with and we've made a pact to maintain celibacy so we won't have to be um, mixing around with a lot of different women. She was like, you know what? I respect that. I appreciate you telling me. I was thrown off because I'm like, uh, what? You respect that? That's, you know, I, that sounds kind of nice. That, I like that. <laughs> you know, but having that group of men that I we can call on each other when those those moments of intensity arise, we all go to the gym, mm-hmm. you know, to and we all have a vision and goals and, and passions that we're working towards um, that can help maintain focus. And then, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, God, screen, God, do something, just, just like go out for a run, just like trying to just stay focused. So those is, it's not easy <laughs> at all. Yeah. It takes, it takes a lot of focus. Um, it takes a lot of effort, but it also keeps away from all of the soul ties and, and, and different, just dealing with different drama. It just kind of keeps a lot of that stuff at bay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it also helps to just like be able to see a woman for who she actually is versus what she was in a bit. That's so because good. Because there's times where you see a woman like, man, she fire. Like, Ooh, she look good. I like that. And then you actually get the chance to have a conversation with her. And you're like, you know, I realize you don't have as much substance as I thought and I know where I'm going. So mm-hmm. I'm good. Um, I think also one thing that has helped me is the idea that I could get somebody pregnant before I get married. Mm-hmm. I was like, you know, I, I'm good. I don't want any kids just yet. Mm-hmm. <laughs> let me let me get some of these other goals that I want to get accomplished done first. And then I'll go ahead and settle down. I have so much respect for that. I love that you said delayed gratification. And, you know, this is thing, you know, I talk to mostly married couples, but the thing about it is that like, you have to learn this, you have to learn self-control. It's a fruit of the spirit. It's a character trait because just because you get married doesn't mean you don't need self-control. Like you still have to operate in self-control. You still have to operate in delayed gratification. So if you can't do it on the single side, it's going to be difficult for you to do that on the married side as well. And so thank you for sharing that, Avery. And thank you for sharing just like with your group and like a practical way, because I know that there are women who are listening, who are trying to maintain, you know, and it's difficult. So I think even the working out piece, diverting your energy into something else, I think is really, really helpful. I was in the hair salon and I was listening to, they had like music playing in the, in the salon and all, it was all like the nineties love songs. And I was like, you know what? And so I'm singing all these songs because, you know, I grew up on that. Right. And I'm like, every single song is about sex. Every single one of them. Every. Every single. Right. (laughs) Regular songs, summer (laughs) songs, slow jam, fast jam. Boys, the men, I thought we was talking about snowflakes. Right. Y'all didn't tell me this when I was a kid. I was always thinking like that. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the thing is that like, so I think so many people are not realizing like what we're feeding ourselves constantly. You know, and even me being a married woman, like I still, I was telling my kids, I was like, I still have to be careful what I watch, what I listen to, you know, because you're not going to be able to just be able to have sex anytime you want when you get married. There's people have to work, you know, people go out of town, your spouse goes out of town sometimes. And so I just think that, 
if people are serious about being celibate, you got to watch like what you're listening to. You got to watch what you're watching on TV. You got to watch like you were saying too, Ron, like people, you sh- if you're dating somebody and you know that that's not a value, you would be wise to probably not date that person. Because if that's not a value, I mean, naturally in relationships, your natural desires are going to trend that way. And mm-hmm. so if you're dating somebody and they don't have a value of celibacy, well, then it's it's not should not be a surprise to you three, four months into the relationship, you've fallen off the wagon because they weren't they weren't interested in that. So in your mind, what makes a woman wife worthy? So like you're dating a girl, right? And she's great. You know, you're having a good time. You're hanging out. Do you know early on, like, this is somebody that I could marry or, um, is that, does that take a while? And whenever you do figure it out, what are the things that you're looking for that makes a woman wife worthy versus just being a good girlfriend? Mm-hmm. For me is, is heavily associated with the vision, um, of where I'm going long-term. So, uh, actually I had this convo last night with some, some friends and, uh, a couple of homies and homegirls. And it was just like, be beautiful, have a great connection, love having conversation. It's also a thing for me if if she's an effective communicator. Mm-hmm. Um, that's really important for me because that's, again, learning about how, creating a safe space for myself, but then also learning how to create safe space for others. Um, and effective communication is a, a humongous part of that. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, side of that for me, you know, I'm a Christian, so I'm not going to be out here just being with anybody of any faith, you know? So for me, it's just being with somebody um, that has a, uh, doesn't have to be perfect, but has a want to understand God's word and wants to be in the scriptures, wants to, cool, let's, let's do that. I'm cool with that. Um, and then I think the, the other thing in was crazy is a level of, and this is honestly, like there has to be a level of intellectual stimulation for me. Okay. That's good. If there's no intellectual stimulation, I'm going to get bored very quick. <laughs> right. You know, growing up, I was a kid. I liked, you know, it was a boomer fool and discovery channel and history channel. And I like science and I like history and I like math and I like um, politics and all these different topics that happen around the world. Um, and happen in different societies. And so for me, just being able to have a conversation on that level without having to be like, having to talk about, I mean, I'm cool with talking about music. I'm too cool with talking about pop culture, but something with more substance, That's you good. know, something with that we could just, you know, have that mental conversation. So yeah, I like that. That's That's what I'm looking for. Okay, good, good. One thing that I noticed was not on your list is the whole like, you have to be like a dime piece or you have to look a certain kind of way. And I think it grieves me, honestly, like when I look on Instagram or when I'm looking on wherever and I'm seeing like, there's Mm -hmm. so much like over-sexualization of women. And I had a conversation with my son about this. So my son is almost 22. He'll be 22 next month. And I was telling him, I didn't watch the whole Cardi B Meg performance on, on the Grammys, but I can, I didn't need to watch it. I already knew you know, kind of what it would be like. And so I was having this conversation with my son and I said, you know, and this is like a whole nother, this, we really could do an entire episode and maybe I will later about this whole over-sexualization of women. And what I'm seeing, even amongst Christian women, 
is, you know, everything hanging out, you know, just like them promoting this. And even if they're fully dressed, it's a look on the face of like, I want you, you want me to, you know that. And is that a turnoff like for men? Yeah. I mean, so attraction wise, every man has like, you know, whatever he's attracted to that type thing, like permissible attraction, whatever the case may be. But for it to be on the forefront, even if like there's times you're like, you, I, I kind of want to flirt. I want to flirt. I want to flirt. It's like, I'm never going to marry you. I hope you get that. And it's like that. It's like, oh, I'll flirt with you. Oh, yeah, we can flirt. Definitely. I like that. But oh, oh you right. thought I wanted to, to make you my wife. You thought I wanted to give you my last name. Nope. Nope. I'm good. You know? And so that's really the thing. Um, there's a difference when somebody is is really about and you could tell even when you're covered up with a woman, wherever she can be covered up or whatever the case may be, and you could tell you're like, oh, okay, you you uh you're a little open. Like I if if I can only see you as being cool for a Friday night or a Saturday night, I'm not gonna be like, oh yeah, I really want to commit to you. Cause for me, it's like if I see you like that, other men see you like that. If you're that open with me, you probably have been more open like that with other men. So I could be just a number. And this is what we're not going to do. <laughs> I'm not just going to be out here trying to do mm-hmm. whatever. And you just consider me a number. And I don't want you to think that you're a number with me. Like, it's it's like this, like, can't trust it. You, you're too open. That's fine. You know, and, that, and it's a difference between somebody that's being open and somebody that's like an extrovert or somebody that, you know, those type things are different. Um, but it's, it's really, it's like, yo, I can't trust you. I cannot trust you. If we're talking about something severe or something serious, not severe, but, you know, I can't trust that if I decide to commit and I'm telling you I don't have any side pieces, I don't trust that you don't got somebody else in the background waiting for me to mess up or that the moment I make you mad, you go run to him. No, I'm cool. I'm not going to put myself in that type of predicament. Why would I do that? You know? And so, yeah, that's definitely something. That's definitely a turnoff. Um, when you're in consideration of marriage, 100%. Now, if somebody's just looking for short-term fun, that's what they're going to do, short-term fun. And then women find themselves, well, what mm-hmm. are we? You were short-term fun. Why do you think I'm here? Because you're presenting yourself as short-term fun. I'm treating you as short-term fun. I'm just staying as long as I can so I can get as much fun for the next six months as I can. Oh, six months up? You don't want to be short-term fun? I'm going to go find somebody else to short-term fun. You know, um, where it's crazy because I know, I know guys that would be out here doing a thing, different women. And they would run into a woman that just makes them want to stand up straighter and just want to have right. a, a, be stronger and, and want to lead. Um, and it's like, she presents herself differently. So all of a sudden it's like, yeah, the guy that was playing all of a sudden he cares. He wants to figure himself out now. Like, where is that coming from? Like that. I mean, a woman got power. You know, she, you know, women got power, you know, Oh, no. We know. We know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that's so important. I hope ladies, I hope you are listening to this because it is not necessary. And and I'm like, why? Like, why? Like, why is that all necessary? I think you can be cute. You can be fashionable. You can be fun. You can let your personality shine. You can do all of that. But when we come to like taking our clothes off and being provocative and having the look and the, I mean, even like I'll be watching like hair tutorial videos and I'm like, is she? 
is she looking at me like that on the other side of the screen? You know, it's just, it's just too much. It's just way too much. And so hopefully um, our single female listeners um, and divorced listeners and even married listeners, I think there was just a lot in here for a lot of us. And so thank you so much for your vulnerability, transparency, and sharing tonight. I really appreciate you. Well, that is the end of our conversation today. I couldn't help but thinking there was this guy who used to go to my old church and he would always holler out, it's tight, but it's right. It's tight, but it's right, preacher. And so maybe for some of y'all today, that conversation was tight, but it's right. And what that basically means is Avery kind of dropped some truth bombs on us, maybe stepped on some toesies, maybe um, had you like rolling your eyes at certain points of that conversation. But I just appreciate his perspective. And of course, you are free to disagree. As a matter of fact, I always welcome healthy dialogue. So if you would like to continue the conversation, I'm going to invite you to join a brand new Facebook group that I started. And it's called, wait for it, Real Relationship Talk. So all you have to do is head on over to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash real relationship talk and you can request membership for the Facebook group or to make it easy just type in real relationship talk in your search bar you'll find the real relationship talk page which of course you can like if you have not liked the page and then you can also request membership for the Facebook group so Thank you guys so much for joining us today. Avery, thank you again for the wisdom and the knowledge that you shared. I really appreciate your time today. Well, you guys, I just want to give you one final reminder to be sure to register for the Boundaries for Women workshop. I will have the registration link over on the show notes of this podcast. You'll be able to find the show notes over at realrelationshiptalk.com forward slash episode 36. And I also just want to thank those of you who have rated and reviewed this podcast. For a podcaster, ratings and reviews are how other people find the podcast. So of course, I appreciate you guys sharing these episodes on social media, but be sure if you've not already reviewed and rated the podcast that you head on over to Apple Podcasts and do that today. I would certainly appreciate it. Well, again, thanks so much for joining us today. Have yourself a great week and we'll see you on the next episode. Take care. No matter what you're going through, you are not alone. Sis, if you've experienced pain in your father-daughter relationship, I want you to know that you are loved and seen. I'm Kia Stevens, host of the Hope for Women with Father Wounds podcast, and I created my show to help you exchange your father wounds for the love of God the Father. Join me for encouragement, wisdom, and scripture. Just search Hope for Women with Father Wounds on lifeaudio.com or wherever you get your podcast.